The Pinball Network is online. Launching. Just another pinball podcast. Hello, this is Joel Engelberth with Just Another Pinball Podcast, episode 15. Um, excited to have another one here. Um, I know it's been a, a little while, but um, there was some stuff in the background that I was trying to prepare for, and um, I think I've, I finally had a chance to play a few games, and I want to review those, and I wanted to uh, do a more in-depth review, so I finally got to that point, and, and, and now's the time for this episode. Um, if you haven't listened to me before, like I said, my name is Joel. This is Just Another Pinball Podcast. I also do Just Another Pinball Stream on Twitch. I stream every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight, 10 to 1-ish Eastern Standard Time, so feel free to come out there. Love to chat with you, um, and yeah, happy to be a part of uh, the Pinball Network, and uh, glad to continue to do this type of stuff, so thanks for, for giving me a shot here. Um, if there's anything that I can do, any any questions I can answer, improvements, suggestions, anything, feel free to reach out to me at justanotherpinball at gmail.com. Happy to do that. So. Um, on the agenda tonight, I would like to review or, or talk about my initial impressions of Rick and Morty. I've had a chance to play that, as well as my initial impress- impressions of Guns N' Roses. I had a chance to play that as well. And then I want to do a very in-depth review of Stranger Things, as I've had that a few months now. And I just traded that in this week uh, for a new game. So um, hopefully that sounds exciting and uh, we'll dive right in. But for um, I mean, most of you guys probably know I I currently own two games. I own a um, a TMNT, a Turtles Pro, and I own a TNA, a Total Nuclear Annihilation. And uh, I am a huge Turtles fan, so when I heard that Turtles was coming out, I started to save or prepare for that by selling a few games. Uh, but TNA is definitely the game that I've had longer, and I I love TNA. So I love the light show. I love the music. I love what Scott Denisi did. So when I heard that Scott Denisi was making a second game, part of me was like, well, I love his first one. There's a chance I may love his second one. And then when I heard it was Rick and Morty, it's like, well, that's a fantastic theme. Um, I may, I this game could be incredible. And the hype was huge. And then it was revealed. And I remember there was, there. I was actually in a parking lot. I had my phone out. And I was like, man, I could buy this game right now. But I realized at the time I would have to save for it and wait list and everything. It's like, I don't know. There's just so much unknown. Am I going to regret this? And I and I didn't buy it. And um, I will tell you over the last few months, there have been plenty of times when I do regret not buying that. Um, but I still had yet to see one in person. I'd still had yet to play it. I'd just been watching streams and seeing stuff online. So there was a lot of pressure or I'd kind of put a lot of pressure on myself on my first play of this game of, is there a chance that I'm going to play this game and immediately like kick myself for not buying it? Is is there a chance that this game is, is going to be a must have for me? Because I've heard people describe it as TNA 2.0, you know, they take it and they make it better. Um, or they, he went further with it and, and yeah, so I, I, I had like a lot of pressure on myself to play this game. And, um, so what were what were my what were my takeaways? Well, first off, one of my favorite things about TNA is the light show, and the light show on Rick and Morty is fantastic. It's very very good, um, and so definitely Scott Denisi knows what he's doing there. Um, and did I enjoy the time that I was spent playing it? I did. Um, I also got my butt handed to me multiple multiple times. This is not an easy game. But what I have come to realize about myself is I enjoy difficult games. So this is a game that would actually really hold my attention because I would want to continue to play it to get better. So I'd feel that I'm getting better at the game. And um, so I don't. I, I probably played five games in like a in like ten minutes. I mean, I was just it was just destroying me. But when I would hit the shots that I wanted to hit. Um, I really enjoyed it. So the, the the shots that people complain about are the two upper loop shots. Um, there's a shot to the garage and then there's an inner loop. And I will tell you, I, I had no issues at all hitting the inner loop. Uh, there was actually twice that I hit it three times in a row. Um, and it felt good. It, it, it was a nice clean shot. So, well, maybe I should mention, I, I had a chance to play these games at um, Zach Minnie's house. Um, that's where I was swapping out my game. He has an awesome, he was a great host. Uh, he has an awesome basement where he has some amazing machines. Um, and I had a chance to play there. I also had mentioned this on discord 
that I had gone to his house and somebody was wondering if I could go ahead and do a quick review on his above ground pool. Uh, what I what I would say is when I got there it was dark. I did see it. Um, it's it is big. It, it looks very inviting, and I bet it's a fantastic pool. So um, I I don't have a ton of experience with with grading in ground pools, but I I have there was no complaints. No no complaints for me. So. Um, Way to go, Zach. Way to have way to have a good. Uh, oh, I'm saying in ground. It's above ground. Yeah, it's definitely an above ground pool. Um, so, yeah, my bad. So, anyways, I was playing this at Zach's place, and um, it. I definitely could see myself being addicted to Rick and Morty. Now, with that said, did I turn it on, play a few games, and think, "Crap, I need to start saving up, or I need to sell my games. I need to find a way to own this game." And the answer is no. And, and the, and maybe it was unfair because I would say Rick and Morty was placed between Guns N' Roses and, um, a whole bunch of Stern Ellie's. And what I would say is from the initial viewing of the game, the game under the glass does look more simplistic than like a Stern Ellie or a Stern Premium. There seems to be less there. And then... Of course, the light show, though, of Rick and Morty is way better than the light show of, of pretty much any Stern game. But when I compare the light show to Guns N' Roses, it's 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 night and day. And that's not maybe that's not fair to Rick and Morty. Maybe that just talks about how ridiculous the light show is on Guns N' Roses. Um, now, the shaker motor was sick. The music was sick. The, the shots, when I did hit them, were awesome. I've watched enough streams to know that the modes are very unique. And there's a lot there that would draw me in and play over and over and over again. But my takeaway from Rick and Morty was, do I need to start saving or selling part of my collection to own Rick and Morty? No. Um, and I'm kind of glad of that. But if I was ever in a position that I could like borrow or rent a Rick and Morty or even own it for like a few months, do I see that as a, a keeper? I, 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 from my limited plays, no. But I, I know for a fact if I had the chance to to play it for a month or two, I would play the heck out of that game because that definitely there was a ton of just one more ball, one more ball, and maybe it's because it was just kicking my butt. But um, yeah, the highlights of that game for sure. I think the the pop bumper for the the lower left sling is brilliant. That definitely added something unique to the game. Backhanding the right ramp from the right flipper felt good, um, and that inner loop shot I actually really enjoyed. So um, I I don't really have anything to complain about. It just didn't um, you know like blow my socks off the way that I was expecting it or thinking it might. And I but I'm okay with that. I'm definitely okay with that. Um, so yeah, I'm not. I do not want that to sound like I'm saying anything bad about it at all. But I, I know there's a lot of people that Spooky's killing it. They're making a ton of games right now and people are just getting their Rick and Mortys and I'm jealous. I, I, I have no doubt that that looks like it's a fun game and I would love to do that. But those games now, because they're all sold out, are like $10,000 games. And it's just, to me, I can't justify $10,000 on that game right now because that, that could be two Sterns or that could be, you know, the fact that you could buy a Guns N' Roses brand new for the same price as, as a used Rick and Morty is uh, says a lot because it, when you look at the world under glass of, of, of Guns N' Roses, there is so much going on under there and not to mention the light show that it, then it, then it really just comes down to, well, what do you like more the code or the feel or whatever of those games or the theme, Rick and Morty, that kind of thing. So I don't know. I, I felt it was, it was good for my peace of mind that I didn't like absolutely fall in love with with every second of playing Rick and Morty, but it still was an awesome looking game. It shot better than I thought it would, but boy, is it it is a challenging game. There's no denying that. Um, but I like that. I actually really like that about it. So, yeah, I think that's that's that sums it up pretty well. Um, so anybody that's getting a Rick and Morty, enjoy it. Enjoy the heck out of it. Um, but to me, yeah, I'm not going to start selling off my collection for it. Um, so yeah, so that would lead me to the next game that I played, which was Guns N' Roses. And um, 
you could tell, so talking to Zach, I said, you know, he's got an amazing collection. So just to go, this is memory. So Zach, I'm sorry if I forget anything, but if I start on the right side of his collection, he has a Jurassic Park LE, a Stranger Things LE, an Avengers LE, um, a Elvira, um, a Turtles LE, and then I think I may be missing one, but then it's Rick and Morty, and then he had a Hobbit, a Guns N' Roses, and then he starts getting into the older games where he has a Popeye, uh, Tales of the Arabian Nights, a Shadow, a um, Whirlwind, and I feel like there was one more that I'm missing. But um, so it's an amazing collection, an absolutely amazing collection. Um, so I asked, I said, of that collection, you know, when you have an hour to kill at the end of the night, what games are you playing? And he basically said almost all of his time right now is being spent on Rick and Morty and Guns N' Roses. And so, and I don't blame him because they both are very unique experiences. Um, so Guns N' Roses, um, what are, what's my view of that game? So first off, I am a huge sucker for light shows and I would say that I I truly feel that that TNA set the bar for what a light show should be. Um, and then you've had games like Hot Wheels recently. The light show on Hot Wheels looks incredible. Um, Jersey Jack, their light shows are always really good. I loved the light show in in Hobbit. And I, and I think these games are far superior to the light shows in Stern just because all the inserts are clear and they do color changing RGB LEDs under all of them. Um, but it would be really interesting to know the number of LEDs used because Rick and Morty, the light show is abs- absurd. It's fantastic. But Guns N' Roses has taken that to a whole new level. Like it is absurd the amount of light in this game. And what I have found is that adds to the immersion so much. So much to that game. The hot rails are brilliant. They add they add a ton. They add a ton to the experience. And it is definitely something that I as soon as I played a game with it, I, I wish more games had that. Um, because of just the overall interaction that it can add to the game. You know, when you hit the 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 slash hat, the spinner, it's just like the lights are literally spinning all around the play field, all around the habit trails. Um, I mean, the light show, it, it will win light show of the year at the Twippy, for sure. There's no way it won't. But it could, I would probably say it's the best light show of any pinball machine ever. And it's just... How do you, how can it not? It has so many lights in it. The programming of it is absurd. Um, now, with that said, what I feel is after spending some time on Guns N' Roses, I felt like it does a better job of being an experience or the immersion on that game is so good that it sucks you in. Like the whole goal of we wanted you to feel like you're at the concert. I think it does that so well that it almost isn't as good of a pinball machine. Like it's, it's more of a, you're experiencing this more than you're like experiencing pinball, if that makes sense. And I'm not trying to come off too negative, but it is definitely clear that the priority at any moment is not the shots or the pinball experience. It is more the show and the immersive experience. That is the goal. And, and what I mean by that is like the light shows, I, I, I played a few songs and, and and I remember distinctly in two of the songs that I played, there were moments where literally all the lights went out, but it, it's not like it's holding your ball. You're still playing, but all the lights in the, in the, on the table go out. Um, and it's just one of those like, okay, like the play field's black, like it's dark. So not only do I have a silver ball on there that I'm trying to keep alive, but I'm also trying to figure out what shots I'm trying to hit. And right now I have nothing. Nothing is showing me that. But it's a cool moment because of what's going on with the light show. Because if the lights go off, when they all come back on, it's like, it is very wow, like wow moment. But it's obviously like to give you that moment, you're sacrificing gameplay. You're sacrificing like, it's it's 
distracting is not probably the best word, but it's like your your mind wants to focus on the experience more than like, okay, where's the ball? Where do I need to go next? What's the shots that I need to hit? That kind of thing. Um, another thing I saw was it was really challenging during multi-ball or during the, the, the songs because there's, the light show is so prevalent. What I was surprised by was like, it, it'll tell you, hit the yellow and red flashing lights. Well, there's so many flashing lights to like figure out which ones are the red and yellow. You can do it, but it's like, you almost have to have a spotter. And I have I, I would I would be confident that if you own this machine, you would start to memorize what goes where. Um, but the light show is so good and so amazing that it, it just it takes it almost feels like I want to start the show so I can see what the lights do. Not I want to start the show so I can see what the mode's like, so I know what my shots are, so I can like stack this or multiply. Like it's very clear. The goal of every song is to experience the music, the video, and the lights. Not to actually experience what the ball is going to do on the field, on the play field. And that that was weird to me. Where it's like, I, I looked at that machine and to be honest, I think this machine is going to go over so incredibly well for like the wives and the family members and the non-pinball players in this hobby. Because they don't care about comboing shots or like hitting a really good spinner or, you know, like hitting a, a, a ramp to an orbit or they don't care about any of that. They just want like wow me. It, like give me, show me something cool that this box of lights is doing. And yeah, absolutely. This this game will wow you over and over and over again. I mean, it's what, 21 songs? 21 individually corrugated, choreographed things? Like... Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty impressive. Um, also, the spinner on this, if you're going to compare the spinner on Guns N' Roses to like the spinner on uh, Avengers, yes, the spinner, when you hit that spinner, it it just, it man, it just goes and goes and goes. It's really well done. And I'm talking about the spinning disc. Um, but what I will say about shooting the pin, there were two things. One, I did the, like... Maybe it's just because I've played a lot of Sterns, and then even Spooky has very snappy flippers. I owned a Hobbit, but I don't ever remember the Hobbits feeling that the Hobbit flippers feeling that weak. And just playing Guns N' Roses, and maybe that's a code thing. Maybe you could turn them up, but it's just the the flippers felt underpowered. And I know that's a thing, but if you're really used to Stern machines, and you're used to just zipping that ball around the playfield, the flippers definitely felt weaker than what I would want or what I'm used to. Um, also, the flippers came with red rubber rings on it, and I just felt like the flippers were bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. And um, believe it or not, I was losing, I, I lost a few balls just to like where I thought I'd trap the ball, and no, it just rolled right off or bounced right off it, or would hit it and bounce and go out an out lane. So the game was harder than I expected. Like I drained a lot more than I expected. There's also a few weird feeds from a few different things. Like if you don't make a shot totally like this upper loop shot, it'll roll back down and could potentially roll straight out the out lane. And even the plunge, you kind of have to be prepared on the plunge. Um, that's another thing to be, it's, it's, it bums me out a little bit. And I know a lot of people have talked about this, but the plunge is very unexciting. Like there's nothing exciting about the plunge at all. But the thing that bummed me out the most about the plunge is because you're really just plunging in a few inches, the, the spring power, it is like the lowest, the weakest spring of any pinball machine I've ever played. And what's surprising was the feeling behind that. You go to pull this thing back and it pulls so easily. There's so little resistance because you're barely moving this ball that it actually feels really cheap. And I think that's just because I think in general, when we're you, you know, interacting with different products, if a spring is stronger, it seems beefier. It seems like more powerful or well, more well built, like it's going to last longer. This spring just feels cheap and flimsy. So it, it almost it really bothered me that the very first thing that you do to plunge a ball is like it feels cheap and it just didn't feel good. So I don't know what they can do. I don't know if they can do anything, but the plunge, it 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 starts it starts off the experience with it with a bad bad taste in my mouth. On top of that, when the plunge comes out, it's not a safe feed at all. 
you kind of have to make sure that you can get that ball to a flipper. But once you do that, then you're in, you know, you're in, you're in for the ride. And the light show is absurd. The music, the everything, the layout is actually really good. There's so many toys. There's so many ramps. There's so many things on that play field. And this was an LE that I played that, um, it really is very, very cool. Um, and I definitely like, if I was a, if I was a Guns N' Roses fan, um, like I, I was talking on Discord. Like if if this is now if this has if they have set the bar for music pins, then it's like okay, what are other bands like rock bands that just have absurdly good like concert experiences where you could carry this light show type vibe into a pinball machine? And like some people said, like Tool and Rush, um, and uh, somebody said Muse. Like I really like the band Muse. And their their concert experience is ridiculous. It's like, yeah, that would be awesome to see other band. Like, I think this this pin does a better job conveying a concert than any other music pin out there. Most of the time, those music pins are it's a it's a good pinball machine that just happens to have a band's music in the background. But this is absolutely when you're playing it, it is Guns N' Roses. You feel like you're at their concert or you're on their tour. I mean, the theme integration could not have been any better. But what I would say is it's there's almost, yeah, like once you get into the songs and the light show and everything, it almost becomes, I want I want you to feel more that you're at a concert than you are actually playing pinball anymore. Um, now, that may change the more you get into the game. But um, I know watching Zach play, he, he was better than I, you know, he's much more familiar with the machine. Um, but he was showing me one of the songs where it's like, there's different levels to the song. So it's like, okay, I got through that first phase. So now I hit the scoop and now I can cash out or I can go to second phase. And that risk reward is pretty cool. Like from a competitive standpoint or just a like, ah, but I could survive a little longer. Like, let me try. Um, and there are a lot of multi balls. I will say that. And, and they happen, uh, you can, yeah, there's a lot of time that you can get into two, three ball play. Um, but the game is, I mean, the game is a challenging game. So it's not a gimme that you're going to hold onto those balls. You're probably going to drain and you'll be back down to one. Um, so yeah. Oh, the last thing I'm going to say is we played on the LE and the light show is absurdly good, but it's just on the play field. The collector's edition is going to have those RGB LED lights, those light rails, those light strips on the underside of the cabinet and on the back box of the cabinet. And what I will say is on my TNA, I've actually done a mod where I've added an RGB LED light strip on the back of my back box and it links up to my speakers. And so when my speakers change color, the back box also changes color. And that doesn't happen that often. It's like, okay, when you start the reactor, it's, or when reactor's lit, it goes yellow. And then when, you know, you've actually start to cool it down, it's blue. And then when you actually light, like the reactor's ready to blow up, it's red. So it's very like it's step by step by step, but to, for the whole back wall of my basement to change red or to go blue is, is very immersive. But what I realized is to have those hot rails and that moving light and that moving color, not only project on the floor, but project on the back wall, that is going to be an amazingly cool experience. So I know all the CEs are sold out, but man, that is like... It is just so well done. As, as somebody who's a fan of the lights and the light show, absolutely A plus for all that. Um, now, I will say I watched one of the SE streams, and the fact that they have hot rails in there, I don't, I don't agree with it because they made it just one singular white light. So instead of having like a like the light going up and down on the rail, it's just either on or off in some form of that, fading on or fading off. And to be honest, I find them way more distracting than entertaining. And so if it was if it would have been up to me on the SE, I either would have put the full blown RGB LED hot rails in it, or I would have taken them out entirely and just had black wooden rails again. Um, so not a huge fan of that, but, um, the LE is definitely very, very impressive. So will I play Guns N' Roses again? Yeah. If it's on location, I'll absolutely do that. But it's interesting how, um, yeah, how like 
there was no shot that I like. I didn't walk away from that thinking about, oh, I, I just want to hit this shot again. Or I liked how this shot felt. I, I just had way less pinball thoughts and more so of like, that was really cool when the video did this or the lights did this or the, it, it projected that way. Like, it's an amazing experience. And I think that game, like I said, is going to go over really well in homes because I think there will be a lot of friends, family members that will hop on that and really enjoy themselves who do not care about pinball because there are lots of parts in that game that focus on everything but pinball. Um, so very well done. Very, very well done there. Um, but yeah, it's that kind of comes back to the previous that, that essentially a Rick and Morty and a, and a, and a Guns N' Roses LE are the same price roughly. The reality is if I could take one home right now and play it for a month, I'd take Rick and Morty just because I think the code and I, the shots and the challenge that's there, I think I would enjoy more. But if I had to pick like, hey, I have a get together this weekend and I'm going to have friends and family there, which game do I think they'll have more fun at? Uh, Guns N' Roses, hands down, hands down for that. So um, both really, really, really cool games. Um, so yeah, so that's those are my kind of quick hit reviews of those two games. Definitely want to put more time onto them. I would love to hear your your feedback on on that. Um, I have to give credit to um, crap. Now I say I got to give credit, but it was on one of the pod, one of the discords I was on, and I can't remember if it was Fliptronic or Flip. Uh, oh my goodness, I feel terrible. I'm not remembering the name. I think it was Fliptronic, but. Um, they said, and I'm so sorry if I'm, I said I'm trying to give credit, but I don't think I'm giving credit, but they played um, Guns N' Roses and they described Guns N' Roses as like having a really attractive girlfriend, like beautiful, but there's just nothing deep. There's nothing on the inside. Like you, you, she's fun to date, but you want to want to make her your wife kind of thing. And that's where that, that's the way they described Guns N' Roses as it was a ton of fun to play. And I have no doubt that I would enjoy playing it, you know, for an hour or something, but I don't know if I'd want to stream that or own that for a few months and have and stream it, you know, once or twice a week. I don't know if I'd get that same enjoyment as I would like a Rick and Morty where it would kick my butt and I'd want to play it over and over and over again to get better and better and better um, at the game, that kind of thing, uh, and see more of it and see more code and whatnot, which is which is kind of neat. Um, all right, so that leads me to the next part which is this is the stranger things review so i've had uh on loan i've had a stranger things from zach at flipping out pinball and he's let me borrow this for the last few months and i actually just swapped it out for uh avengers avengers infinity quest and what i will say is i i just set up avengers downstairs tonight i played it for maybe 15 minutes and i will tell you the shots in that game are incredible I'm really looking forward to hitting them more. It just feels so unique and it feels very fresh. And almost every shot, it's like, well, that's an orbit, but it's not exactly like I'm used to hitting an orbit. Or that sh that shot, it's just there's shots in places I wouldn't expect. And, it, and, it, and I'm excited to hit that more. So it's kind of funny that it's like I walked away from Avengers and I'm, I'm looking forward to hitting those shots and comboing them and getting better at them and being able to backhand them. Like I'm, I'm more excited about the layout and the shots of that game than I am on the code. And it's nothing, I'm not saying anything about the code. I'm just from my initial experience, like that's what I'm walking away from. While, you know, Guns N' Roses was the exact opposite. I don't really remember any shots standing out whether I liked it or didn't like it, but I want to play more songs. I want to see more light shows, that kind of thing. And I will, I will say though, the the light show in Avengers is way better than I initially gave it credit for. Um, I remember seeing the initial stream, and I was like, "Ah, eh, that light show just doesn't seem that cool." But they've they've really improved that, really improved that a lot. So, all right, so that's my my Avengers side note so far. That's literally my initial experience. So. Stranger Things. Let's dive into this. So I've I've had for the last few months a Stranger Things Pro, and my review here is going to be on code nine nine point nine nine. I I was hoping I could get it all the way to one just to make sure because I there's a lot of rumored stuff that's still not in the game, but from a timing standpoint, I, I had to go ahead and trade it. So I've put a lot of time though on point nine nine. And so we're going to do, you know, I'm going to go through each thing here. I'm not going to give it a numeric rating because I just I. I don't know how well I can do that. But I will dive in about just my overall views of Stranger Things. Um, 
So, Stranger Things, my wife and I have watched the entire show so far. We enjoy it. But when I think of Stranger Things, I think of like Goonies. Like I think of this is a coming of age. Um, it's more of a comedy love story, like like kids growing up show that happens to have some really good sci-fi and almost horror elements, like horror, scary elements built into the show um, that kind of keep it going along. But it's the characters. It's those people that's really roping you in um, to the show. And so my initial feelings of this game are like art. We'll start with art. This game looks like if if you have if there was a um, a scale where it's like serious, scary kind of horror side, and then on the others would be like childish, young themed, funny side. This definitely is more towards the scary horror side kind of thing. Like if if a, if a if there was somebody that they're saying I only want to collect scary pins, you know, they have Bram Stoker's Dracula, they have um they have uh like Freddy, they have um not like Nightmare on Elm, what am I saying? Yeah, the Freddy Krueger game or they have the Tales of the Crypt game, you know, they're only doing like scary pins. I think this would fit in that lineup. Because this is way closer to that than it is like a Family Guy or a Simpsons or like a humorous pin for sure. And so to me, I feel like that's somewhat of a miss. Um, but that's just my perception of what Stranger Things is. Like I think Stranger Things, like that's what I lean towards more the characters and the joking and the, the laughter. This is not that way. Um, and so the art on the cabinet is good. I'm glad it's not, um, you know, it's actual pictures of of the actual actors and, and, you know, clips from the actual show. So the art is good, but it's definitely like, it's kind of scary. Um, there's a picture of Will on the side back box. That's kind of creepy looking. And it's like, I have a two and a half year old. And I, I, that to me, it's like, I don't know if I necessarily want this pin because I don't want kids to be scared of it. You know, especially when I don't remember the, the show, like I don't consider the show that, now, I know the designer, Brian Eddy, said he he never watched Stranger Things until he was given this theme. So maybe he just perceived it that way and just took it that way. I don't know. But I would say, like, I like the art. I don't have any complaints with the art with the art at all. I think the colors are really good. But it's just, it is a different type or, or it's more scary than I, than, than I would guess. It, yeah, it's not as lighthearted as I think it could be. So, I don't know. That's my view of the art. Shots and layout. So let's go through this. My initial impression of this game when I played it for 15 minutes, like like I just played Avengers for 15 minutes and I loved it. Like I loved the shots. My first few 15 minutes on Stranger Things, I did not like at all. I felt the shots were very boring and the only shots that I wanted to hit, the, the ones that I thought were cool or would be enjoyable were, were trying to hit the Demogorgon and you have to hit the four, four drops down, drop the ramp and hit it straight up the middle. But those shots are just death. You, when you miss... It's coming right down the middle and you lose your ball. So I was just losing balls left and right and not really getting any enjoyable experience out of shooting this game. What I will say, though, is that that has grown on me. Um, this game is a challenging game. It has made me a better player. And so when you hit the shots, the shots feel good. When you miss the shots, you better be ready to react for sure. So let's go left to right. Um, on the far left is there is a it's like a small saucer. Um, it's not a scoop, but you just kind of hit this very awkward kind of bricky, just thuddy shot over to this saucer and it just kind of falls in. It's kind of like the catapult shot on Medieval Man is, but there's no catapult. Like it doesn't do anything cool. It doesn't go up a wire form. It literally just sits there and then it kind of awkwardly spits out across the play field and it hits one of the drop targets. And if that drop targets down, it hits the post behind it. So it, it doesn't do anything cool. So on a satisfaction standpoint, very low, very, very low. What I will say is that shot is needed for certain jackpots. And so it can feel good because it can be rewarding. But if you ever hit this shot accidentally, it doesn't, there's zero joy that comes from this shot. And I was surprised when watching, um, there was a CES like presentation and it looks like Brian has had that shot in the game from day one like that is not like they removed a mech that's just what's there so i don't love that shot 
The very next shot is the left orbit, but instead of it actually being an orbit, it actually goes up a ramp and then feeds the right flipper. This is probably my favorite shot in the game um, because for it to register, the switch to register that hit is actually all the way in the back right. So you have to hit that clean enough and it's a spinner. There's a spinner on it, so you can rip that spinner, but you have to hit it clean enough to make it up a ramp and then it will register that it hit it and then it feeds it safely to the right flipper. So to, to get through this game, you have to hit one of the four major shots three times in a row and that's how you start a mode. So like this left, left flipper was like kind of my bread and butter. You would hit it, it would feed the right flipper and then you could hit it again. So you could hit that shot three times in a row and just get into a mode and it's a safe shot. If you miss, the ball's not crazy out of control. That is probably my favorite shot in the game. So I've, I've found that I like orbits, but that the orbit, that shot to like go up and feed a flipper is actually a very enjoyable shot. So the more you play the game, the more you're going to learn that's a fun shot. The left ramp, the left ramp on a, on a premium and LE, people hate because the telekinesis lock is doesn't work too well. And I played Zach's when I was on site. He has an LE at his place and yeah if that telekinesis lock goes up to try to lock a ball what it actually did is basically just stop your ball and that ball is coming right back down um so it's unfortunate that this shot isn't very enjoyable on a premium and le but on a pro it's actually a good shot you can hit it from the right flipper but you can also hit it from the left flipper you can backhand it and you can backhand it reliably so this was really nice having another safe shot um in the game it gives you a little breather the way it loops around and comes back to your left flipper and there's a trick i actually have a clip on my twitch channel where i hit that left ramp it comes back down you hold up the left flipper you kind of give it a nudge so it just bounces right off that flipper over to the right one and then you can hit that shot again so you can hit that shot three times in a row very easily which is enjoyable the shot to the right of that, it's kind of the shot between the drop targets and the left ramp. It's this mystery hole shot. Well, there's actually a target back there. So this is the shot that you have to hit for mystery or to start Demogorgon, uh, the Demodog mode, or to get your extra ball. So it is a very important shot, but you have to hit it clean because you got to go back and you have to hit this target back there. Otherwise, if you hit this shot, this is kind of where the ball will just dribble out to the left side. So it can be a satisfying shot if there's something of value there, like a mystery or, or an extra ball. Otherwise, if you hit it, there's very it's not like there's any kinetic satisfaction or anything. It just kind of goes there and then gets kicked out on the left side. The drop targets in the middle, they are drop targets are always fun, especially when it's kind of like a gate because it's blocking you from going under the Demogorgon mode. They're fun, but they're dangerous. And so my initial impression of this game was like, I want to hit these shots. When my friends and family played this game, that's all they want to hit. They just want to hit up the middle because they want to go under the Demogorgon so the ramp will come down and they can hit the Demogorgon. That's all they care about. But to me, it bummed me out that if this is the main feature of the game, from a strategic standpoint, you actually want to avoid it as much as possible because it's the most dangerous thing you could aim for on the, on the game. Um, so I kind of have a love-hate relationship to it. The drops feel good. There's some targets underneath it, but once you hit those enough, the, the the ramp will come down and then you can hit the Demogorgon. Hitting the Demogorgon is enjoyable, but this wasn't my game, so I didn't mechanically do any adjustments to it. But I will say trying to hit him in the mouth is very challenging. On my game, I probably, in the few months I had it, I probably did it less than 20 times. Um, it was definitely more of a rarity to hit him in the mouth. But if you watch somebody like Chuck Wirt with Straight Down the Middle, if you watch him stream he's like upset if he misses like his he's got that dialed in so much that if he can cradle a ball left or right flipper it seems like he hits the mouth you know one out of two times um and if that's the case then it doesn't become nearly as much of a dangerous shot because you can actually kill the demogorgons so much faster and when i was looking at the code the very final wizard mode to like beat the wizard mode you have to hit the guy in the mouth so i know like on my game how it was set up that would be really difficult to do but on other games, it would be a lot easier. Um, now, I know on a premium, the Demogorgon also like bounces up and down, which would add some cool flavor to the game. But um, I don't know. They, I didn't find... like This was not the main satisfaction of the game. Like like Brian Eddy's Medieval Madness, destroying the castle or hitting the castle is awesome. Like It felt really good. You'd hit the drawbridge until it would go up, and then the moment you shoot that into the castle and it blows up is great... It's similar to hitting the Demogorgon in the mouth and the and the what the reaction that it does, 
But um, maybe it's just because it was so rare that um, I just this that was not something I like looked forward to doing every time I played the game. To the right of that is the burn it back shot, which is actually an inner loop. That is a fun shot. Uh, the the speed at which it goes is really enjoyable. Um, so I actually really enjoyed the inner loop a lot. Um, and you use that for burn it backs, which is a way to get extra ball. The right ramp, that's the next shot. The right ramp was my least favorite shot in the game. And it's not because it was bad. It's just it was the hardest shot for me to hit. Um, there was a lot of times where like to get to the first mini wizard mode, you have to you have to completely fill up the left orbit, then the then you have to fill up the left orbit, the right orbit, the left ramp, and the right ramp. Well, a lot of times like I would do everything else, but then I'd be stuck on the right ramp. And the right ramp, it's like, great, I have to hit this right ramp three more times. I've seen some people can backhand this. I could never backhand it. Um, so I had to hit it from the left flipper. And it's just way harder to hit. Maybe it's just in a position that's hard for me. What's funny is watching like Ray Day, Raymond Davidson play this game. If he's on the left flipper and like he just wants the ball on the right flipper, then he'll just casually hit the right ramp just to get the ball to safely feed to his right flipper. While me, it's like this is the hardest shot for me in the game. Um, and uh, But it, when you hit it, it is it feels good. It, it feels good to actually hit that shot. And then the last shot is on the far right. It's a it's a right orbit, but doesn't it doesn't orbit. It just kind of goes in the back and hits the pop bumpers. This is another one that it's there's just it's not it's fine. What I liked about it was that it was safe. It was an easy shot to hit. It was a safe return, which was kind of a breath of fresh air. So it's like if I got through the first wizard mode and it's like all right, I got to do it again. Well. I would typically go for the left orbit or the right orbit because those are the safer shots for me with good returns and good feeds. Um, it goes back in the pop bumpers, kind of goes back there and comes back down. There's a few modes where you need to get a lot of hit switch hits, so that's really nice to just kick it back in the pop, let it do its thing and get your switch hits. But um, but overall, not bad. So that's the shots and layout. That's probably more in depth than you care about. But I would say my initial view is I didn't really care about them. There weren't. It's a very much a fan layout. It's very wide open. But once you really get the shots down, it, there is satisfaction there. Um, and there are some enjoyable shots for sure. Uh, especially that left orbit spinner that comes around to a ramp. I really enjoyed that a lot. All right, code. So I know a lot of friends and family, when they hop on a pinball machine, they don't care about code. But if there's, if there's something about the code that's simple and easy to explain, they might. Like with turtles, where it's like hit under the van three times and you're going to see a multi-ball. Or if you're Donatello, you can hit the right ramp and boom. Or, you know, the code with TNA is so easy to digest, it's easy to explain. The code in Medieval Madness, it's like you don't have to explain all the other shots. You can have them focus on the the the, the castle. So for non-pinball people, it's very easy to explain. Hit the drop tax hit the drop down targets, go under there. You're going to see the ramp come down, hit them, try to hit them in the mouth. But what I liked, what I've really enjoyed about the code is the modes are actually very enjoyable and they're very unique. Um, it's sure you're hitting the blinky light. That is pinball, but there's some where it's like, okay, this mode is all about switch hits. Okay. This other one, this mode is all about ramps. Okay. This one, the mode is all about hitting up the middle. Okay. This mode, every time I hit the spinner, the arrow or what I'm trying to hit is moving. Um, there's a mode called, I think it's Where's Barb, which is actually really cool because it lights up all the shots that I described in the game, and one of them is where Barb is hidden. So you have to find that. So you can get lucky, and it can be the first shot you hit, um, and it just ends the mode, and you get a ton of points. Otherwise, if you hit the kind of the scoop or whatever, not the scoop, but the saucer on the far left, it'll tell you which shot you have to hit, which that's where Barb is. So it's like, that's really cool, kind of this mysterious random side to a mode which I enjoyed. So I actually really enjoyed the modes of this game a lot. Um, and I really liked the way that they're laid out because you have to hit the left orbit, the left ramp, the right ramp, or the right orbit three times. And then that's how you start a mode. Well, once you've started three modes, you get an extra ball. Once you start your fourth mode, you're in the first mini wizard mode, total isolation. Then, so what I liked about that was it's like, all right, I'm three modes away from getting my extra ball. Then I'm a one more mode away from the first mini wizard mode. That's awesome. You get, you do your wizard mini, mini wizard mode, you play it, you have a good time. It's great. 
Well, then you come out of that. Well, instead of feeling like you're starting over, you only have to do two more modes because now you'll be at six to get your next extra ball. So I feel like it was always like manageable. There was just one more bite, you know, bite-sized increments to move along in the game. Because once you've done your two, you got your extra ball. Now you only need two more and you're in the second mini, your uh, total isolation mode. And then you just have to do two more modes and you're in one of the first wizard modes. And then two more, it's like, I always felt like I was I was not that far away from the next rewarding thing, and that that kept me coming back. And I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, the code of this game I think is actually very well done, um, and I will miss that progression. Uh, this game can be a short playing game because it's challenging, but yet once you really find the shots, there's a ton of depth here. And some of my best games were like 30 plus minutes and you really start to dive into the code. Um, so the furthest I got was I got through um, 11 of 12 modes. I got through uh, Send It Back, which is like the first wizard mode of the three. Um, so it's, it's really good. Um, my one complaint with the code is the actual mini wizard modes. Um, on the Pro, at least, I do need to say I did not have the UV light kit on my Pro. So the fancy um, upside down like UV print that was on the playfield, I never saw it because I didn't have the UV light kit. So I have since seen that, and it, it, it does look incredible. But on my game, I didn't have it. And so the art was good, but being that I never saw that hidden thing, it, it could have been better. Um so I would say the code, one thing that bothered me was the mini wizard modes. Total isolation is exactly what it sounds like. It is when Eleven goes into this tank and so it's supposed to be quiet and it's supposed to be eerie. But it's like you've done all this hard work, you just hit the shot to get into total isolation and now the game's gotten really quiet and really eerie. And it's and it just seemed counter to like my emotional state at that moment where I'm excited to be there. So instead of hitting things to like build up excitement, it's trying to keep things like dark and eerie and kind of dreary. And that that bummed me out a little bit, you know, like if I want to compare that to like Cherry Bomb Multiball and Guardians of the Galaxy, you've worked hard to get through four modes and then you get into Cherry Bomb and Cherry Bomb's ridiculous. You know, it's six balls, it's timed, it's it's insane. It kills your flippers, which I'm all about killing the flippers in a mode. And uh, no, not total isolation. Total isolation is kind of chill. I don't blame him for that, but it just it's I feel like you're working really hard and you're ramping up and then you're in this the, you're in a mode that really is trying to like keep you calm and focused. Um, so yeah, that was code. Toys, the only real toy in a pro is the Demogorgon, and it bothered me. It's a cool toy. The ramp is a cool toy, but it's so unsafe that I was avoiding it. So I I don't personally look at Stranger Things as a game that's going to pull you in with its toys. Um, and at least on the Pro. There's some stuff on the Premium and LE that make it really special. But on a Pro, there just wasn't anything there to like show off or flaunt. Um, and because of that, there's so many people have modded this in so many ways. But if the main thing is your experience is I want to experience like interactive with a toy in a unique way... Well, sure, you do have a big ramp and you have a chance of bashing this guy in the mouth. And that that alone was something that my friends and family were totally fine focusing on and doing. Uh, music and callouts. Music is great, especially if you get the Cleland mod. Um, you get this retro synth, but the Cleland mod adds all these other songs to it. And the music ends up being really, really enjoyable. The callouts, there are clips directly from the show but they did get the main uh, sheriff guy, what's his name? Um, I can't think of his name right now, Hopper, to do like the pinball callouts. Those are pretty weak. Those definitely could have been better. Like his jackpot and come on, like he's very dreary and droney and just, uh, he just, the enthusiasm isn't quite there. But um, I would say from a theme standpoint, the fact that and this kind of goes in display and animation, like these are clips straight from the show. There's a ton of assets I mean, it is Stranger Things. They didn't draw anything or animate any any of the characters. Like, the people are there. They are in the show. You hear their voices. You hear that. You experience... I mean, it is very clearly a Stranger Things pin. So, I think they did a great job with that. 
Um, display and animation is, is good on the Pro, but once I tried Zax LE, it, it goes to a whole new level because that's where the projector comes in and there's so much more that's being displayed. Um, so overall, I, I do find the display and animations very good and very entertaining. Theme, I've kind of already talked about where I think the theme is darker than I would have taken it, but it, it has no doubt to me, like when I'm playing the game, I am playing Stranger Things. The modes are straight up movie clips. They are like you are experiencing that activity or what they're doing at the time. Um, I don't know. I, I just, they did a great job from an asset standpoint, a sound standpoint, a visual package. It is very clearly Stranger Things. It may be the darker side of Stranger Things, uh, but it is very much Stranger Things. So the overall enjoyability, my initial impressions, I didn't enjoy this game. I thought I was going to be bored of it and want it gone very quickly, but I grew to really enjoy it. And I enjoyed, this was a game that I really enjoyed streaming because it was a great challenge. It always brought me back for more. I always felt like I was just a few shots away to the next step, the next goal, the next everything. And the thing that really blows me away though with Stranger Things is how much my fans, friends and family have enjoyed it. And I think it's just because it's a fan layout. It's very open. Stranger Things is a is a is a show that a lot of people like. But to have a, a bash toy right there in the middle of the thing where you can hit drop targets, drop a ramp, and then ramp this ball up and watch bash him and try to hit him in the mouth, like that's plenty for them. Um, so that surprised me that that Stranger Things and I've I've received emails. Uh, I know I talked about that in my last episode. That one guy like Stranger Things out of six machines is his most played game by far, and that's because it's the one game his wife and kids or even neighbor kids really enjoy playing. And yeah, I would say I mean TNA is still the game that gets played most by my friends and family, uh, but they're familiar with it. But Stranger Things absolutely got more plays than Turtles did. Um, and it's just due to, I think that ease or very obvious goals to play. Um, so very good for the noob factor or that kind of the, the novice factor. Um, well, I, this is probably a little late, but if I sound weird or hoarse or snotty, I, I have a little cold, so I'm sorry if the, the quality of audio is not as good as it normally is, but that's kind of my review of the pro. Would I ever own the Pro? You know, I don't know. Um, I had a chance to buy this and I didn't because I'm, I'm saving up for other things. But um, am I going to miss it? Yes, I, I absolutely am. And I and I saw that. Um, I'm all about trying to have a game that I enjoy, but also my friends and family enjoy. And my friends and family did enjoy this game. So I am going to miss it. But is this a game that I'm putting on my list as a game that I must buy? No. The fact that they're going used for like $5,000 or below is, it's a steal. Like I would absolutely encourage you guys, if you have a chance to buy one, you know, in the high fours, go for it. Buy it, play the heck out of it, and you may love it and keep it. Otherwise, just enjoy the game. Give it some time. Learn the code, like learn the shots, learn the code, and you may love that game. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my, my view of the pro. Now I will say... I was at Zach's and I was really looking forward to playing the Rick and Morty and the Guns N' Roses, but I also really wanted to play his Stranger Things uh, LE because that has the premium built in. It also has the UV light kit. So I wanted to make sure, like I wanted to experience what that was for this review to just talk about whether or not I felt like I was missing something in that game. And um, what I will say is I was blown away with how much better the premium LE experience of this game is. I'm not knocking the pro. If you're if if light show or or environment or like immersion of a pinball machine isn't your thing, if you're more of a competitive player where you just want tough hard shots and good scoring and you focus on stacking things and blowing up a game, then get a pro all day and you'll love it. But if if you want a unique pinball experience that really draws you into the machine, the projector and the UV light kit that, that you can have on a premium and an LE is absurdly cool. I was so impressed by that. Um, I, like I've said earlier in this podcast, I'm a huge, I'm a huge person of light show. And I just, you know, a, a projector really is just a whole bunch of light that it's throwing on the play field. 
So the fact that 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 billboard in the middle of your playfield is actually a second screen with second clips. The fact that the spinner on the left side is constantly changing because it looks like a hypnotic sign. All the drop targets that are in the game are changing. The little stand-up targets are changing. When you're in different modes of projecting on the ramps, it's projecting on a little display in front of the ramps. It's so much easier for it to display different information. It just, what I found about pinball is everybody wants good pinball moments. And typically these moments are, when does the game act or look different than it normally does? And it's really easy to do that with a light show where it's like, oh, wow, look like in TNA, oh, look, all the GI now is red. And I have this one thing that's like pulsing, flashing red. It's very clear. I need to hit that. And then boom, you hit it. And then the colors all change. And now I'm back calmed down. And I mean, I think lighting is probably the best. Lighting and sound is the best way you can do that. Well, the projector is... It's a huge change in that. And I was really, really impressed by the projector. Sure, I wish it was like super dark and crisp. It's not. It, the, the video is lighter than I than I would love for it to be. But I know some people have changed out the material that it projects on. Or, you know, if somebody ever finds a, a replacement projector that, that isn't as bright or that the contrast is higher, that would be amazing. Um, one thing that would be hard is if I ever owned a premium or LE, I, I don't know how you'd stream that well because when you stream, you want to throw a whole bunch of light on there, but you're kind of killing the light on the play field. But I would say the immersion that I experienced on Zach's LE was like five times more than I ever experienced playing the pro. And I don't know if it, I think it was a mixture of the art blades. The UV light kit is incredible. It completely changes the way that the play field looks because of the, the that UV glow that pops out of the artwork that's on the plastics. And then the projector, what that adds, the change to it. Um, you know, I, I drove Stranger Things down to Zach's place thinking like, I had a really good run with this game. This game was enjoyable. If I'm at somebody's house or I'm at a bar or somewhere that has one, I would gladly put in a few bucks or play a few games. But like, I'm okay with this. Like, I'm done. Like, this is a chapter that I'm done with. But after playing Zach's Premium and LE, it's like, holy cow, this projector is such a different experience than any other pinball machine like this is unique and this feels really cool and what i thought to myself was like my friends and family enjoyed the pro my friends and family would go nuts for the premium Manelli just because of how crazy it looks and how unique it feels and so my kind of current position would be if i have an opportunity to get a premium or le for cheap like a used one i might humor that i may actually humor buying it and owning it just because of how unique and well done the environment and the overall immersion that is the UV light kit and the projector. So my real takeaway from everything is if you're considering a Stranger Things, if you have the ability to, to go up and get a premium or an LE, go for it. If you're more of a competitive player with shots and you wanna just focus on that, the Pro is actually a really good game. The code is there, it's very enjoyable. But I would say I do feel that the UV light kit, I know it's 250 bucks. I wish it was included by default in the game, but I do feel that the UV light kit is a must have for this game. It, it really adds a totally different immersive feeling to the game that now that I've played one without it for so many months, I do truly feel that it was lacking. Like once I saw it on Zach's, I do feel like it was lacking. So yeah, I would say that's my overall view of uh stranger things um i would i could talk about this way more if anybody's considering buying one or has questions or anything like that feel free to reach out to me at just another pinball at gmail.com happy to talk about those um i know i only received one email and it was just comparing his wife to my i mean i interviewed my wife last time and they're just saying you know hearing your interview with your wife reminds me of the relationship i have with mine in a nutshell, she doesn't care much about it. And I appreciate Nicole being on the podcast because she just humored me with it and seeing things. And it was cool to pick her mind. But um, yeah, I'd love for her to get into pinball. But, you know, not everybody's into that, uh, which is totally fine. I'm just, uh, you know, I appreciate the support. She she allows me to enjoy this hobby and participate, you know, for me to participate in it as much as I currently do, which is great. Um Besides that, other plugs would be I have to once again think This Week in Pinball I've told you before, they are financially supporting people that are creating content. And I think that's incredible. You know, I make a little money on Twitch streaming, which I love, 
But the fact that I've that Jeff is actually giving money out to people that are making content is so amazing. So I cannot I cannot uh, recommend this week in pinball enough. When you're there, feel free to check out the promoters database and leave me a review. I haven't received any new reviews from last uh, last podcast, but I'm still in the top ten, which is awesome. So I appreciate all the people that have done reviews. I'm also on Facebook. You can find me at Just Another Pinball on Facebook. Um, and yeah, I think that's it for me. I'm right at the hour mark, so I don't want to go crazy here. I don't know how much people care about Stranger Things. I think a lot of people have dismissed Stranger Things, so they may have tuned out you know, 30 minutes ago. But I will say the game is way better than people give it credit for. Way better than people give it credit for. And I think people just had very high expectation for Brian Eddy's next game. But I will tell you this, that Brian Eddy is very good at putting a toy or mech in a game that non-pinball players will go gaga over. I mean, the castle's fantastic. The spaceship in Attack from Mars is fantastic. And when I own Shadow, my friends and family, all they wanted to do was get up there to that battlefield and bounce the ball around. And I think he's done that again with the Demogorgon. But there's legit good code here in the game. There's good depth to the game. So, you know, if you like Attack from Mars, this may not have that type of humor, but there's code here that's way deeper than the code in Attack from Mars or Medieval Madness. Um, there's just less toys. And if you're okay with that, that's that's fine. Um, but what he's done or tried with the projector is unlike anything else I've seen in pinball. I actually really enjoy the projector and the way it looks. And the UV light kit, once again, changes the complete look of the game, which I think is something that people want in pinball. They want moments, they want experiences that feel different, that feel unique, that break up the normal playing of the pinball machine. So, yeah, I would consider it. I would definitely consider buying. I would recommend the Premier of the LA over the Pro, but the Pro still is a good game. And I think there's plenty of people out there would enjoy having it in their collection. So I think that's it for me. Uh, yeah, this was episode 15. If there's anything I can do for you, just another pinball at gmail.com. Hit me up. Otherwise, um, looking forward to the feedback or the discussion here. And um, I will try to get another podcast out for you soon in the next few weeks. Uh, otherwise I'll see you later. Thanks. Bye.